case of walking in a victory right now, but there are steps to victory. This is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. There are steps to get you into victory. And, and that, that the sermon on the strategies for, for victory talks about it. There are steps that, that, that you can follow to get yourself into a victory. There are steps that you can use. There are methods that you can use that are all throughout the word of God that coincide with each other that can get you from a place of wondering what God is about to do to stepping right into victory. Amen. So, so today we're going to talk about developing the winner in you. Do you have 1 Corinthians 15? Yes. Look at verse number 57. 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. The word of the Lord says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be unto God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Underline that word if you can, giveth, giveth, or write it down in your notes, giveth. That means that victory for us is not a one-time deal. Victory for us is not and should not be a one-time deal. You should not just see victory once a year. You should always be stepping into victories. Because the Bible said that God gives us consistently, constantly gives us victory through Jesus Christ. Now watch this. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, and the word was made flesh, walked up and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word. So if you're going to get victory, you got to get acquainted with with your Bible. you got to get acquainted with studying, reading, knowing, saying, speaking, praying your word. Amen, Amen, somebody. Write down the word victory. The word victory means the defeat of an enemy in battle. The defeat of an enemy in battle. Anytime you're going, you're in a battle, there is an enemy that is against you. Right. But, but when, when the word said, when, when the apostle Paul says that God giveth us or gives us consistently the victory, he says God consistently causes us to us to defeat the enemy in battle. Right. Say, we do that. We, do that. we, defeat, we defeat the enemy in battle. Say that. We defeat the enemy in battle. You want to know how you do that? You do that by being consistent. You defeat the enemy in battle by praise. Amen. You defeat the enemy in battle through worship. You defeat the enemy in battle by fasting. You de- in so many areas and so, so, so many things that God gives us as tools to get victory. But they're all the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are what? Mighty. How? Through God to pull down strongholds. So victory is the defeat of an enemy in battle. It is also an advantage over anything that tries to contain us. An advantage over anything that tries to contain us. Anytime the enemy tries to box you in, God says, get ready for a victory. Glory to God. I can run right there. Anytime the enemy wants to box you in, what does a boxing look like? It looks like the enemy telling you there's no way out of this. That's what a boxing looks like. You're always going to have this level of finance. Anytime the enemy tries to say something to you and tries to get you to believe what he's saying, he's trying to box you in. And, and, and the word says, get ready. When that, whenever the enemy tries to box you in, get to the word. Yes. Whenever you feel like this is the way things are always going to be, this is the way things have been for a while, and you start to accept it, get to the word. Because the Bible says, now at that point, start thanking God because he is going to give you a victory through the word. Yes. All right. Um, so today, let's, uh, today, we're only going to deal with, believe me, we're only going to deal with the first tier of this on today. We're only going to deal with the first tier of this because I got so much I need to uh, deal with about uh, becoming a winner and developing the winner within you. Um, declare this. Declare this. Say, inside of me, inside of me is, the will to win. is the will to win. Come on, say, is the will to win, the will to win. 
the will to succeed, the will to be developed. Come on, say it again. Inside of me is the will to win, the will to succeed, and the will to be developed. If you will hear that, understand what, what you just said, you'll realize that you'll never ever be in a place where the enemy will totally defeat you. I don't care how bad things are for you today. I don't care how bad you came into this year with problems. You came into this year battling stuff. But in you right now is the will to win. Right now inside of you is the will to succeed. And the only way that, that can, the only way you're going to see those two winning and, and success is, is you have to have the and it's in you is the will to be developed. The more you develop, the more you see wins. The more you see success. Now think about it like this. Think about it as training. When you go to a job, let's say that, that you go to a job and entry level is uh, $18 an hour. But you get on that job and they start training you from entry level to becoming a manager. What are they doing? They're developing you. They're putting something in you that you didn't come there with. Or well, if you came there with it, they're sharpening it because they want to see it at another level. You might have gone to school, you might know Word and, and, and Excel and all other stuff and M plus and 2 plus and all other stuff plus they got, you know, all that stuff, right? But, but when you get there, it may not be to their level of standard, of quality. So what they do is, yes, you might have gone, you might have gotten certified, but we're going to start you here. And we're going to work on what you do have and we're going to develop it more so that you can succeed. Yes. So write down development. I, 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 I want to walk through this step by step. I'm going to give you a lot of definitions. Y'all going to be writing or you need to get, this, get the CD today or the download today. Say, CD is about to be obsolete so I'm going to stop saying it. Get the download today because I'm going to give you a lot of definitions and you're going to have a lot to process got to process a lot. Development. What is development? Development is the process of growing, changing, and advancing. Development is the process of growing, changing, and advancing. All right? Say growing, growing. changing, and advancing. Now listen to those words because if you're going to be a winner, you're going to ha- you can't be opposed to growth. You cannot be opposed to growth. That means you're going to have to realize that, that although I might be great where I'm at, there's more for me. Change. Everybody say change. Change is inevitable. I don't care how much you love your house or love your, the place you live at. Eventually, you don't want to see them colors no more. I'm, I'm, amen. Amen. I don't care how much you walk in and be like, this is beautiful. God did this. But if you're looking at the same orange room for the last 10 years, I'm going to question whether or not something's wrong because eventually something in you is going to say, we got to change this up. The furniture has to change. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something. I went home. I went home a, a, a few years ago. We, we, we went home to visit. I visited when, when my dad was alive. We visited home. And um, the part about home that I hate is going back to New York, is that nothing changes. The same drunk man that was on the corner when I was 10 is now 80 on the same corner. I'm serious. I'm very serious. 
The same, the same tree that got hit in, a, in, in, in the cop chasing somebody is still killed over. Nobody's cut it up, use it for firewood, and beautified. You understand what I'm saying? I went home. I saw the same furniture, the same paint, the same colors, the same look, the same feel, the same smell as when I left there at like 13. And I went back at 30-something and saw the same thing. Without, now watch, the, because change, growing, growth, and, and advancement is they're all processes. You're never ever going to develop the winner in you if you hate growing. If you're opposed to change. Well, this is the way I do it. The way I've always done it. I've always done it this way. Well, well it's going to be very hard for you to win because even, even the most skilled basketball player, football player, sports person, they have to change their game up depending on who they're going against. Boxers will change styles based upon who they're fighting. You want to know why? You want to know why that happens? Because the enemy will start to know your pattern. And so a lot of people aren't winning because they've had the same pattern since they first got saved, since the first day they confessed Jesus, the first day they got filled with the Holy Ghost, the first day that they came to church. It is the same pattern. You have not changed one bit. Churches ought to change. Y'all don't like this. Leaders must change. Leaders have to grow. The prophets have to grow. We're gonna have, see. You can't use the same technology from 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 1987 in 2019 and expect to be fluent. If I came out here and said, "Hold on, I'm gonna uh, put my timer on," and got the one of the things you got to twist, and when it finishes, it goes ding. You know, some of the white little things that they little timers. If I use one of those. So hold on, let me let me set my time up 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 30, and put that over here or put it over here. You know, but like this gotta be a demonstration. If I said, hold on, if you came to my office and said, hold on, let me call, let me call overseer and pull out a rotary phone. Y'all some don't even know what that is. Or pull out one of those. If I pulled out one of those and had one of those on my desk, y'all be like, this gotta be for just for show. You want to know why? Because everybody said the technology has changed. And a lot of us can't win because we're still using methods from 20 years ago. It's hard to win. Now, now please don't get upset with me. It's hard to win when you, when you hate change and growth. Because the more, the more everything else changes, you're going to get left behind. Then the enemy's gonna fight you and say no one cares about you, no one loves you. If if, if the world is moving and the church stay, stands still, then the church starts losing. Okay, I'll leave that alone. That's why I said the process development is the process of growing. Say growing, changing, and advancing. All right. The second definition for development is the imp improvement, the improvement of a skill ability or a habit I'm going somewhere with this I know y'all like he just giving us all his definitions I'm, I'm just going to help you Amen. development is the improvement of a skill ability or habit notice everybody say improvement, improvement. that means you have something in you already 
most people are so quick to go after something else that they don't spend enough time developing what's already in them. What's already, what is it that you already do? Right? Say skill, skill. ability, skill. habit. Say skill, skill. ability, skill. habit. Say it. Skill, skill. Ability, ability, habit. habit. Skill, skill, ability, ability. habit. Now, I'm going to give you the, the three definitions, but I don't have time for y'all to write them so quick, so I'm going to give them to you real quick, and then y'all can look at, look at the, the, uh, the Facebook, all right? A skill is, skill is, is, is the capability to do something well. Amen. Every person in here has the capability to do something well. Yes. Every person in here can do something well. Yes. Amen. There's, I, I don't have nothing. No, you, no, the issue is that you haven't stood still long enough. You haven't stood still long enough to tap into what you can do well. Some people are just great talkers. You talk well. You're a communicator. But what happened is you use it, but you use it in the wrong way. So, so you become an excellent liar. But nonetheless, you're a communicator. Y'all know what I'm saying? It's a skill. Some people, some people have great minds. They have great minds. Excellent thinkers. Excellent. Now, now once, it, once it gets contaminated is when you overthink. Overtalk. You, you see what I'm saying? So, so, so the, the development has to do with, 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 with improving what you already can do well. All right? That's a skill. Ability. Ability is what's formed from a skill. It's, it's the time, ability comes from the time you put into a skill. So, so a skill for me was playing the piano, right? But, but what, what um, they say, it's not until you put at least 10,000 hours into something, which is the equivalent to 10 years, into something that you become a master of it. 10,000 hours and become a master, you become a master of it once you put 10,000 hours into it. Now, now the question is, if you want to win, how much time have you put into the, the skill, what you do well, how much time and effort have you put into, into causing, that, to causing that to become the ability that, that, that helps to mold you? If you, if you, want, if you love to sing, but, you don't, but, but we don't ever hear your voice, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going on TV. Right? What's that? Sing something. Mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm too shy. I'm too shy. I can't do that. <laughs> You're not putting anything into the into the into the skill. So 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 you really don't have an ability yet because you haven't nurtured the skill. I love the word. I eat. I sleep. I drink the word of God. Anybody knows me? Come near me. You gonna hear me say something about the Bible? You come to my house. I'm studying. I'm reading books. I'm, I got books everywhere. I'm writing something down. I'm, I'm always engulfed in what, in what the skill in me is. Right? Because what am I doing? I'm honing the ability in it. Now. I'm putting, I put time into the skill so that, I can, I can, so that the ability starts to come out. You're not able to do anything that you don't put time into. And a lot of people want to win. I'm going to win this year. How are you going to win? You ain't put no time into anything that you say you want to win at. 
Because what we, what we call a win, what we call being a winner is God's going to open the door for me to get in there slipshod. I mean, if we can be honest, that's what we've called wins. The way we see a win for us is I haven't, I haven't put any, any time into the skill. But God is going to do something supernatural. Move Everybody who has put the skill, the, the, the ability to work and put time into the skill, he's going to move them out the way to put you there and you haven't even honed the gift. It is a disservice to who God is in your life for God to move other people out the way and put you there without any time into the skill that he put in you, the talent, the gifting, and say, he's going to make me, the first going to be last, the last going to be first. For what? I'm already getting y'all upset with me. Think about everybody in the Bible. Daniel. Think about these guys. Had an excellent spirit. These guys had, they had something about them that when they got the position, they didn't fumble. The church wants to win, but the church hasn't put time into it. I'm trying to help us. We say that 2020 and this decade is going to be the decade for us. The decade that we win. The decade that we get it all. My question is how? How are you going to get the win? How are you going to have a successful relationship? How are you going to do that if you ain't talked to nobody that has one? If the people that you, that you, that you look up to are people who ain't, who ain't been together for two years. That's the circle you keep around you, but you say you want a great relationship. There's no time put into the skill of relationship, so you never form an ability to have one. So you know what a lot of us do? We keep reproducing what we have seen. And that becomes very boring. Now how many can say amen to that? How many, how many, of, you, how many of you know, like, if you just keep saying the same thing every year, Life becomes boring. If, you, if, if all you see in your walk with God is just the same thing every year, no wonder the devil's trying to tell you you don't need Jesus. No, I'm serious. The devil will tell you you don't need God because, because he's telling you what you're going to get. All you're going to see is X, Y, and Z because that's all you've ever seen. Why? Because he knows you've never put any time, energy, and effort into the gifts, the callings, all the stuff that God, that God, that God put in you before you were born. Before you were born, you, you, you might have been God put in you the prophetic voice. God may have given you uh, the ability to sing. God may have given some, I, I know like Esther and others have, have the ability to organize organizers people that that's a gift thing or that's a gift to organize come into a room and say no, no this is what we're gonna do we're gonna put all the brown chairs over here we're gonna put this over here the blue chairs need to go over here we need to do this and then we're gonna we're gonna coordinate this this way that's a gift everybody don't have that but now what good is it to have the gift and never put no time into it uh so okay so i gave you the skill ability a habit is a routine of behavior that is that is repeated regularly a habit is a routine of behavior that is repeated regularly. So think about this. You have a skill. There's something in you. There's a gifting. There is, there's something natural that God and, and spiritual that God put in you. 
for me, it is, let's say, uh, um, singing, playing the piano, preaching the word, right? I can, I can look at everybody else who, who is great in these areas and say, now this is what a lot of us do. That's whack. That's horrible. How in the world anybody let them get up there and do that? Right? You ever seen somebody in your field, something that, you're, that you have a skill in or a talent or an anointing or something to do, and you see somebody else and it seems like they've gotten such a great stage and a platform, and you're thinking, who, who, who ordained this? Who let them do this? Because you know you could do much better than that. Right? Anybody been there besides me? You ever see these award shows and you can sing a little bit, you're like, I could do better than that. And Lord, come on. <laughs> I'm just a praise team singer, but I could do better than that. Right? You ever seen like Olivia, I'm sure you've seen somebody draw something, you'd be like, what is this? And how did they get published doing this? I need to meet their publisher. I can have work for the rest of my life. Now, the, the issue is this. The issue is this. The issue is this. The way that you continue to build a skill into an ability and win is by making it a habit. Now, I know, I know for a lot of y'all this don't seem spiritual, but it is. Because all the stuff that, that I'm teaching about in the natural Flip it over to the spiritual and you see why there are deficiencies in your spirit. There's a deficiency in the, in the spirit realm because we pray to get stuff but we don't pray and make it the habit. It is a skill that will become an ability. Once it becomes an ability, you can use it at will without thinking. Most people got to, okay, hold. Father, Savior, Almighty God, who is above the heavens, I just, mm, I don't even know what to do right now. Oh. How did Bishop say that? Father God in the name of Jesus. That's it. I said, Father God in the name of Jesus. Now I don't know what else to say. Now the issue is, the issue is because, because it has not become an ability for you yet. It hasn't become an ability for you yet because you haven't, you haven't developed the skill. Reading the word has to become, it has to be a habit it has to be a habit of your life that you read, not, not, I'm going to mess with some of you, that you read not for revelation. You, I never read for revelation. Revelation comes from what you put in and what the Holy Ghost allows you to chew on and meditate on. And from the meditation of your heart and what, 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 you, what you've been eating and feasting on, revelation flows out of there. I never read for revelation. Watch this. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even read for presence. The presence of God. I don't read for the presence of God. I read because I'm developing an ability. Mm. You want to know what that is? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might. That's an ability. That's an ability that comes from a skill. Oh, Lord. Y'all catching this, what I'm saying? A lot of people read for the wrong, they read the Bible for the wrong reasons. You read and say, I read 40, 49 ver chapters and verses. I don't read 49 chapters and verses. I stay on two verses. This is how, I'm telling you how I read. I stay on one or two verses until it becomes so alive to my spirit. Until God releases me from those two verses. So he has to lead me to, uh, now I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. But when I find something that is like, a, oh, that's it. I stay on it. 
I stay on it and I read it and I study it and I find every Greek and Hebrew word in there and I meditate on it. I'm thinking about it. I'm saying it out of my mouth. I write it down. I write it down. I write it down until I'm able to regurgitate it in any season of my life. What am I doing? I am taking the word piece by piece, line by line, precept upon precept, and I am, I am developing an ability from a skill that becomes a habit. Why? So when I get in trouble, I ain't saying, you blankety blankety blank. When, I get in, when, when somebody gets on my nerves, I say, oh, no, I go right to the word. The word comes up in me. The Bible says he will bring back to your remembrance what you placed in at the time that you needed. That only happens when you have fed the skill until it becomes an ability and the ability becomes a habit. And a lot of people are in God, but our habits are off. Okay, let let me read this quote to y'all. It says, ability is what you're capable of doing. Motivation determines what you will do and attitude determines how well you'll do it. That's what Lou, Lou Holt says. I'll say it again. Ability is what you're capable of doing. While motivation determines what you will do. And attitude determines how well you'll do it. The only way that you're ever going to be developed to become a winner and to grow beyond where you currently are is you're going to have to do something you've never done before. You're going to have to say, I have to do something I've never done. If this is going to be the year, if this is going to be the year of the unusual, let me slow down talking because I know y'all be like, he talks fast. If this is going, this, that's, that's my New York coming out of me. If this is going to be the year of the unusual, watch this. You're going to have to do something you've never done before. And how do I do that? Get delivered from the fear of the unknown. You got to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. Now, okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. But what if, but what if, but what if? The question is, do you trust God? If you trust God, you never have to worry about the fear of the unknown because he holds you. He has, the Bible said, my time is in his hand. If you trust him, then everything that concerns you, he has a part of. If you live for him, if you live for him, you never have to worry about the fear of the unknown. Because anything that hits your life, even if you don't know what's coming, he does. And he equips you for stuff you don't even know is coming. I said he equips you. Think about this. You want to know what 2019 was about? 2019, Reese, for a lot of us, was about God equipping us for what we're about to deal with in 2020. God, if he, if, uh, now think about this. Why would a good father know something is coming but don't equip you on how to handle it? 2019 was a year of equipping. Remember, remember our theme for 2019 was work the word. In other words, get in the word, work it, say it, speak it, memorize it, pray it. Why? Because that is going to be the base for everything that every place you're going to have victory is going to come through the word. But what God was doing was he was, now a lot of us were looking to be overwhelmed with blessings in 2019. 2019 was a year of equipping. It was a year of equipping. Why? So when God starts blessing you, you know what it takes to keep it and maintain it. Okay, how many have ever been blessed and didn't and had no clue on how to maintain the blessing? I've been there. I've been there many times. So then the next time I start praying for blessings, God said, hold up a minute. 
wait a little bit because I'm going to have to teach you and prepare you not for, not for the blessing but prepare you for after the blessing. You think, God, you think God's holding a husband back from you or holding a wife back from you or holding good friends back from you? No. He's not, trying to, he's, he's not doing that. God's not trying to mess up your life. But what, what, what he does is he wants, to, he wants you to learn what to do with what, what to do with the blessing after you get it. What good is it to pray and fast and get yourself all ready for a husband and then, and, and then lose them in two months all because you didn't know what it took to keep them? So sometimes God, he'll bless you and then you'll lose. Does God cause the losing? No. We cause the losing. Come on, say Y'all don't want to say amen because y'all still blaming the devil. Satan, I bind you. I ain't losing nothing else. You ain't taking nothing from me. No, he didn't take that from you. Your mouth did. Your attitude did. Come on, please. Come on. Your waywardness did. You got in, got, you got in and got lazy with God. Devil ain't do that. You did that. Okay. Take responsibility. Say amen. Say I did that. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the areas that we have, that we have issues in is because of what we have given into. So, so a lot of it has to do with, with, with stuff that God was trying to deliver us from, but we didn't cooperate with the deliverance. We never cooperated with it, and then we just, we just called it the devil. Satan, I bind you! Satan, I bind you! I bind your hand! I bind your power, right? We want to bind Satan. We want to bind Satan when the whole time we were cooperating with him. All right, I'll leave that alone. Say, I have to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. Now, how do you, and people say that, now, now, how many of you have heard people say, get delivered from the fear of the unknown, and then they don't tell you how to do it? <laughs> you got to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. Just get delivered from it. Okay, God deliver me from this, in Jesus' name. How do I get delivered from the fear of the unknown when I don't know what's coming? How do I get delivered from this? Like, I'm going to help you. Right? I'm going to give you three ways to get delivered from the fear of the unknown. See, because this is coming in tears, coming in steps, coming in steps. Don't just tell you to get delivered from it, then walk off on you, and be like, yeah, now figure that out. Then <laughs> you'll be like, what in the world is this? All right, so if you're going to get delivered from the fear of the unknown, first thing, don't be afraid to fail. Amen. Amen. You know what that means? Part of getting delivered from the fear of the unknown is getting delivered from your, from your perfection complex. Yeah. You want to turn the heat up or something? Y'all right? Y'all warm enough? All right. Be delivered from, get delivered from the fear of the unknown. How you do that? Don't be afraid to fail. A lot of us are perfectionists. And you always want to do things perfect. And if it's not perfect, then it ain't right. Perfection. Now, this is the thing. Are you going to stop and hold back from doing because perfection doesn't come? What if you never? What if you are never one hundred percent perfect at doing something? The only way you get perfect at it is by doing what I just gave you. Right. <laughs> Developing the skill. Yes. You can completely get delivered from the fear of the unknown by sticking with developing the skill. Yes. Now watch this. In developing the skill, it means that you're not going to hit a hundred every time. 
hey, I need you to help me do this, cut these things out for me. And you cut them like, that was wrong. You know what most people do? <laughs> I'm never going to cut again. Keep me away from scissors. Keep me away from anything. I need you to pray. I need you to open up the service of prayer. And they come in and go, you need to, that's good, but you need to pray some in English because we need to know what you're praying. You know what people do? They get in their feelings and their emotions because it wasn't perfect or they don't want to be corrected so that you can move into perfection. This is good stuff. This is how you win though. You win by being corrected. And, and the more you correct it, now correction is not you didn't do, you didn't do, but correction may be there's a better way to do this. Either way, if you, if you have a, a, a perfection complex, I've got to be perfect, then you don't want to hear it in any form because all forms of that is like telling you you're wrong. And, it, and, and this is what we do. If I do something and it's 90% right and 10% off, why do we, now people who, 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 who have this perfection complex, they go straight to the 10% that they did wrong and they hone in on that. You did an excellent job at this, but let me tell you something. This little brown thing right here, next time let's put this underneath here and this tape it underneath here. You know they're going to say, I'm never going to put anything brown up here again. They go right to this. They go right to the brown thing. I'm never, ever, keep all things brown away from me. Give them my brown sneakers, my brown belt. Keep brown people away from me. Everything. I don't want nothing brown. Everything brown goes out of my life this hour. And then the person who's trying to help you is baffled because we like, okay, Father in his name, I come against this. Now the person that's helping you is praying and hold because because the issue is issue is what you have honed in on, the imperfection is really the fear. Come on, I mean this is good stuff. Yeah, come on, this is I know I'm not gonna say y'all come up, but this is this is what we need. Because we if we're gonna win, you gotta have more than a hop, skip, and a jump, and a shout, and a holler. You gotta know something. Come on, a teaching church is a great church because a teaching church is gonna teach you how to win. Excite me after I get the house. Hallelujah, we got the house. And God said, more houses are coming. I'll dance with that. But teach me how to get the house first. Y'all understand what I'm saying? We hone in on the, on the 10% because this is the fear. The fear is that, watch this, I'm, the fear is I'm going to produce more of this brown. Oh no, that was wrong. What if, here we go, this is unknown. What if next time it's not this small like this? What if next time it's like this? Then that means I've messed up more than I did the first. And you know what we say? I'm, I'm going backwards. When the truth is, you really could be getting better. You just missed something. People who are, people who are afraid of the uh, of fear of the unknown are really afraid of current mess-ups. Because if I mess up like this now, what if there's a bigger platform, a bigger stage, a bigger opportunity, and I mess up this big on that stage? It's going to hurt more. I'm going to be more embarrassed there. Instead of, instead of figuring out why there was a brown thing here in the first place. We spend more time on the fear rather than the fix. Oh, Lord, help me. I'm going to say it again. We spend more time on the fear 
rather than the fix. Okay, so the fix is what do I, okay, yeah, so, so I, I shouldn't have had the brown thing here. How do I fix the brown thing? What do I do to totally eradicate this? Okay, so next time put this underneath here. We missed the instruction. So the next time what we do is we come up with our own plan again. I'm just going to hide this <laughs> underneath here. But what you don't see is that it's still showing. You see what I'm saying? Now I'm going to call you back in and say, last time we dealt with this, last time we dealt with this, we had a problem with this brown rag. And the brown rag was showing over here. But it's showing over here now. Then you know what you're going to say? I can't do nothing right. I can't, oh Lord. And you know what we do? Put somebody else over this. Let somebody else do this. We go to the all the way to the other end of the extreme because it's fear. That's, that's fear. God has not, now watch this. The fear is not really about the mess up as much as it is about the fix. You being corrected to fix it. Bible says, God, now watch this. What is that? What, where is all this coming from? The Bible tells us God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what has He given us? Power, love, and a. So watch this. When you're operating in fear, power, love, and a sound mind is deficient. You're deficient in one of those areas or all, all three. When you're operating in fear, there's a deficiency of power somewhere. So that means somewhere you're not praying, you haven't tapped into the power of God. When you're operating in fear, the Bible said perfect love casts out fear. So love is out the window. The love of, you're not, you haven't tapped into the love of God for yourself. And if you can't love you, the Bible said you'll never love your neighbor. So if I put you next to somebody, you're going to mess them up the way you mess you up. Does that make sense? I wasn't trying to mess your life up. I, I, I didn't want us to end up like this in this relationship. But you didn't love yourself first. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's inevitable that what you, what you keep from yourself, you keep from everybody else. Where you jack you up at, you jack everybody else up at too. So, oh, forget it. I'll go to the mix. So, um, say the fear of the unknown. So don't be afraid to fail. Write this down. Write this down if you're taking notes. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's okay to fail as long as I fix. It's okay to fail as long as I fix. It's okay to fail as long as I fix. It's okay to fail as long as I fix. Because what it's going to do is going to keep you from not doing. Because you don't want to mess up. Peter, now watch this. Peter failed. But Jesus and him fixed. Peter failed, but watch this. He didn't, he wasn't like the other disciples and stayed in the boat. He could have stayed in the boat and been like, look, this is safe. I'm okay here. Jesus, if that's you, say hallelujah. If that's you, I'm going to speak in tongues. Let me feel the witness in my spirit. Okay, that's you. It's him. It's Jesus, y'all. He said, if it's you, watch this. Bid me to come. Peter went to the furthest extreme to break the fear of the unknown. Peter had never walked on water. He ain't never seen nobody walk on water up until this point. Right? And he's got to be a little daring because something in him wants to do it also. There's a few Peters in the room today. I've never had a business like this. I've never done this like this. 
but I'm seeing Jesus do something. And I want to be adventurous enough to try it also. You can stay on the boat and say, you know what? In, in, this is what most Christians do. In his time, he's going to let me know it's my time. No. <laughs> Peter said, I want to get out this boat because it's too safe. Oh, Lord. Can I just talk to like 10 of y'all that have been safe for the last 10 years? And the next, now, how, however old you are right now, how old are you going to be 10 years from now? You ain't going to have time for you to try to be safe in 10 years. You're going to have to step out the boat and take a step towards Jesus. And if you sink, fix it. Why don't you want a house? Because, you know, that's a lot of work. Well, do the work. I'm just tired of being by myself. Well, get in a relationship. I, you know, men are dogs. I mean, you can't say you want something and don't go after it and then say the devil held you back. The church has been calling the devil the one that's been messing us up, stopping us from doing everything. And ain't nobody stopping you. Your spinning is stopping you. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go on vacation? The devil ain't stopping you. That hair is stopping you. Go natural for seven months. Come on. I don't care if your hair is two inches. Thank you. I don't care if your hair is two inches. Put a hat on. Save up your money. Tell the bundle lady, I'll see you in June. Right before, now, I'm going to look crazy, but, but when I hit that beach, I'm going to be right. But up until that point, hey, say what you want. Laugh at me, joke at me. But while you're here in this hot weather, I'm going to be on somebody's beach somewhere with some uh, pina colada. That's the virgin. Hallelujah. <laughs> Let me leave you alone. That's the wrong service, the wrong service investment. <laughs> I'm going to be somewhere enjoying this, this summer. Okay. Don't be afraid to fall. Peter, Peter, Peter gets out the boat and starts doing something he has never done before because he has a template for it. But even with the template, he messes up. Peter could have got back in the boat, right? He could have got back in the boat and said, I'm never, ever, ever going to do anything supernatural again. This is horrible. You see the way he had to, see how water was going up my nose? He probably go. <laughs> he went under the water. Winds and waves. Now, this is not just some regular lake with a couple little ripples on it. It's winds and waves. So much Jesus has to say, tell the winds away, stop. This is horrible weather. But for a season, Peter's doing something incredible. He got in himself and messed up, but he fixed it. How did he fix it? He looked up and said, help me, please. There's a, there's, now watch this. If you take a let's write this down. There's always a fix for the mess up. 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 Now, now a lot of people do this. A lot of people intentionally mess up and then ask God for the fix. And that's why the fix don't come. You can't self-sabotage because you get cold feet in the middle. That's why the Bible says let your yay be yay and your name, in other words, let your yes be yes. Be confident in what you're about to do. And if you get in it and it, start, it starts messing up and you start sinking, ask for help. Y'all get what I'm saying? This is how winners win in God. We can sit on the sidelines, we can sit in the boat and then say, she tried to get that house, it ain't work for her. At least she tried. At least he went after the car. At least, he, at least they had the relationship. 
You see what I'm saying? You can criticize people, but you're still in the boat. It's hard to criticize when you're in the boat, but somebody else has ventured out. Okay, all right, leave it. Okay, so fear the unknown. How you, you can't be afraid of hell. Number two, don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. Don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. This is, how you, this is how you conquer the fear of the unknown. The unknown is what the enemy uses. That word unknown is, um, is what the enemy uses to almost like darkness, like this fear of, I don't know what's going to happen. And a lot of people get very fearful when they're about to take a step and they don't know what's coming next. So what we do is we play it safe and say, Lord, show, I'm not going to make a move or take a step until you tell me what's next. Now watch this. Kevin Lill said something to me at Overseer one day. We was talking about preaching and something and going on the road, hitting the road. And um, somebody said something to him like, you need to pray before you take that date. And he said, he said, the Lord called me, called me to, be, to evangelize, right? I said, yeah. He said, the Lord called me, the, the Lord called me to preach. I'm released from my pastor to do it. He said, so I don't pray about, he said, unless the Holy Spirit gives me a no, I go. Why? Because this is what he's called me to do. So he said, if I would stop and pray and spend 85 hours without getting an answer about 85 dates, I'd miss 85 dates. Oh, y'all don't like that kind of stuff. It breaks up a lot of our theology. He said, if I'm called to evangelize the Lord called, and I'm released from my, by my pastor to take as many dates as I can take for the year, and I get 85 calls, he said, why do I have to fast and pray about 85 calls when that's what, I'm in, when that's what I've been commissioned to do? He said, if, if I get a word, if I get, he said, if I, I live in the spirit, so I don't have to wait for him to tell me don't take the date, I'll feel I ain't taking the date. Does that make sense? Okay, so now, Look at your area of expertise, your area of skill. You don't have to ask God, should you study? I don't have to ask God. I don't have to say, God, I'm going to sit at this piano. Father, if it be thine will, let me know if I should pr practice and play today. That's what a lot of y'all do. Because we don't want to spend enough time in the skill to make this an ability. So what we do is we, we throw it on God who never says nothing back to us because it's what he called you to do. Okay, I'm a, should I go home yet? We throw it back on God because we waited on him to tell us, give us a green light to do it. But what he put in you is to do it. Lord, should I, should I spend this time in prayer? You're going to ask him that. You're a prayer warrior. But now it, it, sounds, it sounds hilarious, but that's what we do. Should I do this, Lord? I'm waiting on you to, because the Bible said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Watch this. But then, when you want to appease your flesh, you don't ask him, like, look, I'm going this. I'm, going this. I'm doing this right now. I'm jumping right into this right now. You don't ask him about that. You don't acknowledge him in that way. But when it comes time for you to work, to develop the skill into an ability and make it a habit, you want to hear from heaven. 
the reason why he put it in you is because you have to be diligent with it. You're a soul winner, win souls. Come on. If you're a preacher, get the word in your mouth. Get it in your mouth. Come on, get the word in you. The Bible says that even a deacon ought to be apt to preach. That means that means that that, that that means that the word must be in you so that if we ask you to do it, you got enough in you to teach for half an hour. Let's go. Why? Because because the word apt means that it should already be there. You understand what I'm saying? How much stuff have you have you put on God that you really need to be doing? How much? Now, come on, because I'm developing winners now. I'm developing winners now. This year, we, if we're gonna win, you're gonna stop. You're gonna stop. You're gonna stop being mystical and, and super spiritual. Let's be practical. If He put it in you, go after it. Some people just drive at doing real estate. Some people thrive at just at, at, at encouraging people. If that's what you thrive at, do it with all your might all the time. Because you know what you're going to do? You're going to become the best at it. You're going to become an authority in it. Um, uh, Alexander Pagani said this one time. I heard him preach and he said, um, he said um, back in the, and I remember him from New York. I went, to, I, I went to a meeting he was at and he definitely was preaching against deliverance. He was preaching against deliverance. He said, them deliverance people are of the devil. Ain't nobody got no demons. This, he was preaching this in the, in, the mid, in the early 90s. They don't even know. He's preaching this. He said, this is what he said. He said, until a demon manifested in him. <laughs> he was in a meeting, and a demon of rage manifested in him in a meeting. And he said, when he came back to himself, they were pleading the blood and casting the devil out of him. Then he became a deliverance minister. <laughs> Read his book. He says it in the book too. He says it in the book. He said, and nobody was dealing with deliverance. He said, no, I didn't have no template. I didn't have nothing to read. The stuff I was reading was so vague. He said, so I just, he said, what I started doing was I started casting devils out of people. And I just kept doing it all. He said, because that was what was in me. Notice what was in him. The first thing the enemy wanted him to do was to object to it. So the thing you keep saying, no, 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 that ain't me, no, that ain't me, is probably the thing you call to do. You're going to preach the gospel? Never me. You be the one that God called first. <laughs> you be the first one God called. I ain't preaching nobody gospel. You trying to run from it today like, Lord, I ain't going to preach the gospel. If I do too much wrong, then maybe he'll let me off this. He gonna, you're the one he called. Like all the wrong you do is going to stop me from preaching. You just going to have a bigger testimony. That like, the more wrong you do means you're going to reach more people because you get your testimony getting bigger and bigger. And all the stuff you do, you're going to come into contact with everybody who does exactly what you did. You're going to see them be like, I know you, you foul demon of fornication. Come out. That used to be me. I see me, all of you. Come on. Come out of there, you devil. Come out, you lying demon. I see that lying spirit. How do you know that stuff? You know that stuff because it used to be you. The Bible said such were some of you. And everything you're, everything you're like, nah, 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 is probably, my, 
99.9% of the times, that's the very thing God calls you to. Look at those prophets all spooky. I ain't never doing that. You be like, you be like, oh, the Lord is saying to tell you. You be like, oh Lord, when did I, when did that become me? Oh God, oh when did, oh Lord, oof, I feel something on me. Ooh. You be like, what is wrong with you? I don't know. But I heard God say something to me about this situation. Has to do with your tuition. They be like, ah! But the delivery was crazy. And you became the very person and the very thing that you said you would never be because most times you discredit what God's called you. Oh, y'all don't want to hear what it is. Oh, y'all don't want to hear Okay. Uh, don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. You know what that means? Faith has to do with the steps you take when there's no promise of a landing in front of you. Faith has to do with the steps you take when there's no promise of a landing in front of you. Faith is about God said it. And I don't, there's no, there's no possibility of anything holding me up here except for what he said. The money can't hold me here. People's promises can't hold me here. I have no basis for anything to do this rather than stepping out on faith. And when you do that, he says, now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. Your steps are ordered when you, when you operate in faith. People don't walk in faith because faith is, it, it messes with your nerves. I'm serious, faith messes with your nerves because you got to get all of the human reasoning out. You got to get all of your natural mind out the way. And while you're doing that, you got to take a step because God said to do it. It's like God said, tell me, pastor the church, and when we go month to month, and I'm like, Lord, how are we going to pay the bills next month? He's like, I'll, I'll supply all your needs. Ask the people. <laughs> I supply, you'll supply all my needs. Ask the people. What the people ain't got it? Then I'll make a way somewhere else. Right? If, if I lived in my flesh, that could be unnerving. Because by the 25th of every month, I would be biting my nails and, and right? But when you trust God, you don't worry about taking steps in the dark. You just keep walking. See, the walk of faith has everything to do with what did God say? Let's rewind this. If you're not acquainted with his word, then you will never have victory. All right? So if you're acquainted with it, please, maybe next Sunday I might be at the hollering stage, but right now I'm at the building stage. Can y'all give me five, can I get five more minutes in this? Yes. All right. Is this blessing anybody? Yes. This, it's it's, it's going to cut, cut you a little bit, but it's, it's, you'll feel better after I suit you up. I'll stitch you up a little bit, you'll feel better. It cuts, it cuts in the beginning, but then it's, the more we go, I'll suit you up, so you're going to have to bleed out a little bit. Like, oh God, oh God, okay, it's getting better, okay, hold on. that's the way it is. Um, don't be afraid to take a step in the dark. Watch this. Write this down. I can always reset. I can always, I want to get this verbiage in your mind. I want to get this verbiage in, into our culture. I can always reset. We think that when we, that if we take a step, now watch this. Let me help you with this. You can, let's thank God for Albert. He graduated. When did you graduate? December 18th. And we didn't bless God for him. Let's thank God for him. Graduate. Come on. That was a lot of steps in the dark. Hallelujah. <laughs> a whole lot of steps in the dark. Now watch. 
Let me ask a question. Can God give you a word and you do what he said and it all mess up? Yes or no? How many say yes? God, can God give you a word, God tell you to do something and you do it and it doesn't work out? Yes or no? How many say yes? How many say no? Got one no. Okay. We got two undecided and one half no. Like, mm, she doing counting on the head. All right. Um, when God tells you to do something, most times he tells you to do. Now, y'all got y'all's attention. Now you're like, yeah, tell me this. When God tells you to do something, most times he, tell, he tells you to do it when there is no sign of a step. No place that you have ample place to put your footing that you can see. Nothing else that you can see in front of you. He just says, do this. Ever happened to anybody? This is what we do. Okay, God. Okay, God. Okay, God. Okay, God. Okay, God. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. All right. Okay, God. Okay. All right. All right, God. I'm, I'm doing this now. Oh, Lord. Um, like, just tell me that this is going to work. <laughs> tell me that this is going to work. Because if you tell me this is going to work, I'm all in. Then he says to you, do this. He don't give you nothing else. Just do, this is what I'm telling you to do. And then you're like, okay, okay God. Oh, all right, here we go. Mm, Jesus. L Lord, okay. Oh. Can I hold on, Jesus? Can I? Okay. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Oh, God. Then you come to church and then the word comes and says, the Lord said, do it. You're like, okay, God, I heard you. I heard you. Then, you, then by next Thursday, you're like, all right, God, here I go. You fall. Pow. Right? Right? And you're like, and then the enemy, like the enemy says to you, see, you trusted God and look where it got you. You trusted God and, you, and everything failed. Everything messed up. You want to know why? You waited too long. Delayed obedience. You want to you know when you miss your season? The first time you didn't move your foot. Y'all don't like that kind of stuff. When he said to do it, now think about, think about Abram. He's taking his son why? Because God told him to. He didn't spend eight years saying, but God, but God, but God, but God, but God, give, give me a sign that he ain't going to die. Let him wake up and burp. Let him roll over to sleep. Let him put his hand in the air. 25 things, he'd be like, now I know of a surety that God's going to keep my son. He will provide a ram. No, you know, no, no, no. God said, go, take your only son, sacrifice him. Abram said, okay, let's go. Let's go. He was going to kill his son. But if you ask him, why did you move so quick? Because I don't want to miss. I don't want to, you don't want to even miss what God is trying to do through this. You miss that when you, when you take your time in moving. If, you, if you're taking notes, write this down. Write this down. Say, I have to move when he says go. This is all going to stop you from, from, the, from the fear of the unknown. There's only a fear of the unknown because you don't trust God to move when he says move. Fear comes in when you don't trust God enough to take the step. Oh, I'm teaching y'all good. Amen. amen, Bishop. I'm amen myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm amen myself today, Lord. Fear comes when you are afraid to take the step when God says take the step. If you have to overthink the step, you're going to miss God. 
All right, let me give you the last one. And then, then maybe I'll give you one, one more little point, baby point. So, so what I give you so far, how to get delivered from the fear of the unknown, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to take a step in the dark, right? Yeah. Number three, don't be afraid of what people are going to say about you doing something new. Don't be afraid about people saying you're doing something new. So part of getting delivered from the fear of the unknown is getting delivered from people. Don't be afraid of what people will say about you doing something new. So you know what that means? You gotta get, you're going to have, at the, end, at the beginning of this year, you're going to have to get delivered from the thoughts and opinions of people. About your life. About where you're going. People will never understand what God tells you to do and, where he, and what he's forming you to do. What he's forming you into. Some people will never understand that. They'll never get it. You can explain it to your blue and the Lord told me to spend 10 days in prayer. When I come home from work for three hours, I spoke to my, 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 my husband and my wife and they said it was good. And people were like, you ain't spending time with your husband for three hours? Right? <laughs> but watch this. When you're trying to convince somebody else to make them understand what God said to you, you're going to start hearing their voice when it comes time to do what God said to do. That means you're putting credence in somebody else's okay over your life. Somebody else's okay doesn't mean nothing compared to God's okay. If God said it, then I believe it and that settles it. Remember we say that? If he said it, then that's, if he said it, then that's all it, if I'm in. That's all, it, that's all I need to hear. But watch this. If you hear him say something and somebody can convince you otherwise, you never heard him. You never really heard him. Because to hear him means you obey him. Oh, Lord. Right, write this down. There's a difference between winning and losing. There's a difference between winning and losing. And what is that difference? The difference between winning and losing is continual growth. This is good stuff. I, I, I haven't gotten to my text yet. This is like, this is the first tier of this. This is like introduction stuff. I might just put this in the ebook and just y'all just give this to y'all for like three dollars. No, seriously, just give it all my notes. Just take all this and put it in the ebook and give it to you. I mean, you ain't getting it for free. I spent forty hours on it. I'm get... God bless you. The difference between winning and losing is what continual growth. So the question you got to ask yourself is. And you got to understand this. How do I know if I'm winning or losing? Am I consistently growing? Am I consistently growing? You want to you know what? Um, you want to know why winning is easy for me? Because I'm always growing. How many books do you read a month? How much time do you spend in the area of your skill reading, comprehending, knowing, and doing? God called you to, to preach, to prophesy. How much time are you spending learning and growing and knowing? You want to help youth. How much do you know about it? I'm going to go to top my block and call them all to me. Then what you going to say? Go gather them all up. Bring them together. Then expect the Holy Ghost to hit you with something. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, young, young kids, 
for like, what? Who is this lady? What's she talking about? That's how the church has, that's how the church has operated. I'm going to put work into making something happen and then I'm going to rely on the Holy Ghost hitting me to make this thing grow. I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost to zap me with some word of knowledge to show them I got power. When the truth is they don't care about your power, they're hungry. You understand what I'm saying? If you would have researched, you would have found out that most of their parents don't get home until 8 o'clock and they ain't got no food. So why didn't the Holy Ghost tell you to feed them? Because you too, because watch this, you've been called to, to, raise, to help raise these kids, but you're trying to preach to the world. You're out, of, you're out of timing and out of season with your calling. Does that make sense? So, if I, Lord, okay, so how much, write this down, did y'all write down, uh, continual growth? All right, am I consistently growing? All right. Write this down. Growth is progressing. Progressing in development. I know I'm giving you a lot of stuff to write down, but it's, it's, it's going to bless you. It's gonna, really going to bless you. Growth is progressing in development. Remember what development was. It is, it is the, the, uh, the process of growing, changing, and advancing. You remember that? So watch this. I have a gift. I play the piano. Let's say mine is prophecy and piano. Let's just narrow it down. Prophecy and piano. So most people check growth by opportunity and financial gain. Yes. So if you ask somebody, is the business growing, then they're going to say to you, they're going to tell you how much money they're bringing in, right. and they're going to tell you how many opportunities they have. Right. Is your ministry growing? Well, we, the Lord just blessed us. We just raised $5 million and we just, we, we, we're maybe up to maybe like 10,000 members now. So most people, most people calculate growing by opportunity or by money. Let me help you. Making money is not growing. Okay. Making money is not growing. And neither, neither is growth. Growth isn't, and having opportunities isn't growing. Opportunity is not growing. It just means that a door was open. Think about that. A business can have an opportunity to have Oprah come in and talk with them. Right. It don't mean they're growing. Right. It just means that somebody knew Oprah and got her to the business. Right. They may have the same three students next year. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Right? What, so what's growth? Growth, now write this down. Hopefully I gave it to you on the, on the screen what, what growth is. Uh, growth is when you develop in the gifting. Yeah. And you develop the gift. Growth is when you, de you develop in the gifting. So watch this. Most people, most people put more emphasis on, on growing the gift more than growing them. So I can prophesy. <laughs> I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Ooh, I give a word of knowledge. Right? That's the gift. You can be very, you can be very gifted but very selfish. You can be very gifted, but very, very uh, mean and arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. Growing, growing is not about the gift first. Growing is about you. Yeah. Yeah. I, all this I'm teaching is about winning. And all this, I'm, 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 I'm doing a natural first, so I'm, I can take us to the word and show it all this in the word. A lot of people, when you, when you say to them, how are you growing? Well, the Lord has been using me. That don't mean you're growing. It just means you got an opportunity. 
<laughs> Y'all don't like that. <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? That's the, it's like people say, you know, how are you growing in Christ? The Lord's been using me. I've been, I've been doing great things for the kingdom. First of all, why are you talking like you? <laughs> I've, why your voice get all raspy? I've been doing. Before they be like, hey, so you know, I've been doing great things for the kingdom. And God has been showing me mystical, mighty wonders. It's like, that's nice, but... And then I went to the nations and I, I, I spoke. I spoke at, at uh, United Nations, that is. And I prayed over them, the invocation. And folks were slain in the Holy Ghost. That's nice. That's wonderful. That's, that's, that they probably needed that to be slain like that. But, but are you growing? Most people put more emphasis on their stuff rather than them. So watch this. God don't care how gifted you are if you have the gifting but don't have the personal growth. Oh, Lord Jesus. Because this, this is how growth happens. How do you consistently grow? You don't consistently grow by getting opportunities. And watch this. The more you grow, you don't even care about the opportunities. Lord. The more I grow, I don't need to preach on the road. Sorry, I don't need the road. I don't need the road. When I was younger, oh, put me on the road, put me on the road. Oh, I'm going to run the world. I'm going to run the world. That's beautiful. But I'm pastoring the church. What good is it for me to be on the road and the people who God's called me to pastor suffering because I ain't never here? You see what I'm saying? When you start growing, when you start, when you start growing, you start maturing even in opportunities. The more you grow, there's some opportunities you won't take. You want to go to lunch? No, thank you. I ain't got no money and I'm definitely hungry. But the answer is no thank you because I'm growing. And for me to go to lunch with you is going to take me to a place where I might not be able to come back from. But when you start growing, you start weighing opportunities. Oh, Lord. The more you grow is the more you weigh opportunities. Because every opportunity is not a God opportunity. Every open door is not a godly open door. It's an open door to get you stuck. Oh. You want to know what I learn, how I learn this? I learn this by being stuck. I learn this by taking opportunities. I learn this because I was young in faith, young in the gift, young in the calling, young in preaching, young in, in get talents, young in that. And I took everything because of how I grew up. If you grew up and didn't have a lot, that anything that's offered to you, you take it because it's an opportunity, something you've never done before, something you never had before. Somebody says, come preach for me and I'm going to bless you. I, I'm going to give you $100,000 to come preach for me. You could be walking into a, a lion's den about to be devoured because you ain't never had no money but somebody said 100000 and you're thinking, how many bills can I pay off? You, you get what I'm saying? But when you start maturing, you, you, don't, you don't look at the opportunity you, you take the opportunity based on your level of maturity. So if somebody says to me, hey, um, I want you to take this job. I'm, I want to pay you $500,000, uh, $300,000, and I want you to drive. You can only, you're only going to be able to be home for two weeks out of the whole entire year. I'm not taking it. If I was a single man, maybe. But I have, I have developed and grown. You see how quick she said amen? Amen. I heard that, amen. There was something in that, amen. amen. You, better, you better not take that. <laughs> she said that with confidence, amen. Now watch. 
I don't even need her to tell, I don't, I don't even have to bring that to her and say, babe, we can make some good money. Because she doesn't need the money more than she needs, than my family needs me. So it's, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, a, a father, right, or a parent who's, who has children at home that need nurturing, but they're, they're working triple and quadruple overtime saying, I'm doing this for the family. And the kids end up saying, we didn't need that, we needed you. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't need you to work 85 hours. We could have not went on vacation if we could have just went to the local pool and you would have been there to help me. You could watch me jump off the diving board. But instead, somebody else watched me jump off the diving board because you was working triple overtime. Every opportunity is not an opportunity for you. Write that down. Every opportunity is not an opportunity for me. Everything that's presented is not something I have to take. And you have to be okay with that. That's called growth. It's called growth. You're not getting left behind. You're growing up. I said you're not getting left behind. You're growing up. Come on, we're developing winners now. We're developing winners now. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to win this year. You want to know what? A lot of people are going to win this year because of that one point. Every opportunity is not for me. It may have been carved for me, but that, it may have been carved from hell. It been chiseled out just for me, but that might that that chiseling may have come from hell to get me to lure me into something that I didn't need, or I wasn't developed enough for. A pastor told me this one time. He said, "You never go by yourself to pray for any woman at her house." I said, "Well, what if she needs healing?" I was dumb. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, just, I was just a young minister. I was a young minister. He said, listen, when you, you're going to be a pastor. I can see it all over. You're going to be a pastor one day. But you never go to no woman's house by yourself to pray. I said, what, what if she needs healing? I'm, I'm, the Lord going to use me. I just went behind his. He said, you don't go. He started telling me stories. He told me about a woman that had, he went to go pray for a woman. And she claimed that he raped her. Because he went by himself to go pray because he was going to lay hands. And he was, he was a, a man of God, didn't have, you know, above board, had no, no issues with women. That wasn't his thing. His thing was something else. No, no, but the woman said, <laughs> everybody has something. Everybody has something. I said, everybody has something. I don't care how anointed you are, everybody has something. There's a weight and a sin that easily besets you like there's a weight and a sin that easily besets me. Y'all know mine is food. That's the weight and the sin. I'm sorry. Y'all know it. Now the cat's out the bag. I'm trying to do better this year. Don't, just, don't, don't give me no gift cards unless God leads you. See? See that? Satan, go down. I bind you, you devil. Get out of here. Come out. Come out, devil. Oh, I shall pray for me. Point your hand towards the man of God. Just pray. Look, devil, come out of him. All right. Okay, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. So, I, I'm done. I'm done. Okay, so. So, um, now I forgot about that because that, that just, uh, okay. Oh, okay. The waiting to say, well, watch. He said, don't ever, don't ever go, to, oh, don't go to a woman's house by yourself and pray for anybody because it may backfire on you, although you had good intentions. And then I started thinking about that. And, and then he, well, later on he told me, he said, everything that's for you may not be for you. Some of us have messed up because we took it. We took the job. We jumped into the relationship. We said yes to something that we didn't think or pray through. And it caused us to 
be de delayed or deferred in what God promised us all because it was, a, it was something great but it wasn't for us. He's a great man. I never met nobody like this. He treats me good, loves my children, but he might not be the one for you. It, it was a good opportunity, but it was for her, not you. Oh, okay, forget that. Uh, just, 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 just. All right. Um, all right, that's standing feet. We're done. I, I'll leave it alone because I got so many tears and layers of the standing feet. I don't want to bore y'all today. Standing feet. Did y'all get something out of that?